It's time for another episode of Pediatric Specialty Care Spotlight, the podcast series presented by Shriners Hospitals for Children Chicago, where hope and healing meet. Here's Melanie Cole. In recent decades, we've been hearing more and more about antibiotic-resistant bacteria. That's bacteria that isn't susceptible to the actions of antibiotics. Why is this happening? My guest today is Kim Romberg. She's an infection preventionist at Shriners Hospitals for Children in Chicago. Kim, tell us a little bit about the current state of antibiotic use today. What's the prevalence? What do we know now about antibiotics that we did not know 20 years ago? Well, one thing we do know is that we're overusing and misusing antibiotics. It's a worldwide health issue that is causing a risk to the public's health. In the United States, there's about 2 million people a year that develop antibiotic resistance, and about 23,000 people die annually from us. Wow. You know, it's, it's quite prevalent, and we hear more and more about it now in the media. Before we get into this resistant... Tell us a little bit about when you say that we're overusing them, people go to their doctors, they ask for an antibiotic if they have a cold or the flu or a virus, and why we shouldn't really be doing that. That's correct. We actually are seeing when people go to their physician, they want a quick fix a lot of times. Antibiotics will not cover a virus, and it will only cover bacteria, and that it's easier for a lot of people to just think that the antibiotic is going to cover them. The... Uh, physicians think also that it's helping their patients sometimes that they overprescribe them they order them when there's when they're not indicated pa- patients also don't follow the rules of antibiotics they start feeling a little better after taking them so they stop taking them then they keep them around and then when they're not feeling well again they start taking those antibiotics or they might have a friend that's not feeling well and decide that oh here take my antibiotics which can also be very dangerous and deadly It's not just really taking antibiotics either, isn't it? There's, in our food, there's antibiotics. In milk, there's antibiotics in animals. So along those lines, you know, that overuse, do you see, and this is just in your opinion, more of an awareness about this resistance and the antibiotics that seem to be everywhere in our lives? Sure. Um, I know with uh, livestock, that's one thing that they use antibiotics in because it makes the animals grow bigger, faster, and that. So that is one area that the FDA and that is trying to regulate, and agri- the Department of Agriculture is trying to regulate. Why are we giving antibiotics to healthy animals and healthy poultry? And that it's not going to decrease their any type of infection because that's not why the, they're giving it for. Another area, um, why we're seeing resistance is because people are traveling. Um, so we're getting organisms and germs from other areas of countries that are more resistant to maybe us in the United States. Um, patients are also sicker these days. They're more exposed to healthcare, hospitals, clinics, offices. Um, these are other reasons that we're also seeing. The organisms are smart. They can survive on surfaces outside the body for extended periods of time. They can also then be picked up and transferred to other people. That's a really great point because the fact is, Kim, that these these bacteria are smart. How do you feel this has changed the landscape? I mean, if we want to use antibiotics but these bacteria are getting smarter and smarter, what has that done for you in the healthcare sector as far as responsible use of antibiotics when they are warranted? 
correct. Well, we actually have an antibiotic stewardship program, which um, indicates when antibiotics should be used, for how long they should be used. There's at 48 hours, there should be an antibiotic timeout um, to see are we using the correct antibiotic. Once we have culture results back, we need to narrow to the um, narrow coverage to that antibiotic for that organism. We also should use a de-escalation approach in healthcare if we're on. IV antibiotics to switch over to oral as soon as feasible, follow treatment guidelines so we know that we're using the appropriate drug for the appropriate type of infection. And, you know, we hear about hospital-acquired infections and resistance to that. What are hospitals doing and educating the staff as well as patients that come and go from the hospital? And tell us a little bit about the Chicago Hospital Hand Hygiene Program. Correct. Um, hand hygiene, again, is still the number one way to prevent infection and illness in anybody. Um, we have a very strong hand hygiene program here. We call it High Five for hand hygiene. And the idea is that if I see a coworker who has not cleaned their hands when they should have, um, maybe after they've touched the patient or the patient's environment, I can just say, hey, Sue, high five. And she knows I'm not embarrassing her in front of the patient, that it's an indication she knows also to go clean her hands. Um, that's one part we try to do the aspect of foam in, foam out before we go into a patient room and when we come out. I do have secret observers that are following, um, not following, but watching staff in their day-to-day activities, um, and they fill out a form for me. And at the end of a quarter, we actually will tally up our results on that. Our hand hygiene rate is about 93%, which is actually very good in healthcare these days, Um we're very strong on it. We educate our staff from when they come in annually and throughout the year. During Infection Prevention Week, I try and do something fun. This year, we did some plates with cultures, um, and cultured, you know, did some cell phones, and we cultured them on there. So I did two nurses, and then I'd also do two office people, which showed our nurses had barely anything on these plates, where the other had an overgrowth of bacteria on their plates. Wow. What an interesting way to show that. And when you mentioned cell phones, that image just popped into my head because I imagine our cell phones are just covered with all kinds of nasty little crawling things. So what do you want consumers to know about antibiotic stewardship? They hear this term and they don't really know what it means, but sure, what do you want sure. them to know about when, when their child has a, a cold or a virus or they're reading the labels on their food? Kim, what do you want us to do about this as consumers? Sure. I think as consumers, we need to be aware, do I really need that antibiotic? Um, um, it also, if it is prescribed for me, am I following it completely as it's prescribed for me? Do I not to share your antibiotics with others? We need to know that there are side effects of antibiotics, which can be severe and also life-threatening in some people, that antibiotics not always a quick fix or a safe thing. So a lot of parents of school-age children don't have the time to take their kids out of school, don't have the time to take off of work and that. So it's they feel that it's an easier quick fix, which isn't always the the answer to that. I mean, sometimes they don't need, a virus needs to run its course. Bronchitis may need to run its course. Nobody likes to hear you say that, really. I mean, I feel the same way, but it's so important that we learn about these antibiotic-resistant bacterias and why we shouldn't be using antibiotics as much as we have been. When you give us your best advice, wrap it up for us. What you want us to know about 
hygiene in general, Kim. And when we're going to the grocery store, our kids are at school, and some of the most right. important things that you would like us to do as a healthcare professional and an infection preventionist, how we can look toward the future and maybe not use antibiotics so much so that they are effective when we need them to be. Sure. Um, keep your hands clean. Hand gel, though alcohol, water-based hand gel, if it's at least six, above 60% alcohol, will kill 99.9% of germs on your hands. So it's much more useful than soap and water in many instances. If you're out and about, carry it with you. Um, clean and disinfect the surfaces of uh, frequently touched areas, doorknobs, telephones, um, computer keyboards, iPads, iPhones, those types of things. Try and keep those clean will also help um, when patient gets to a hospital and that the things that we do, we screen patients for high risk that are high risk for, for antibiotic-resistant organisms. We isolate them if needed. We test them, screen them. Um, we keep them in isolation until, the, until we've treated the antibiotic-resistant organism in that. We also make sure that we're using gloves. We're cleaning our hands after gloves. We're putting on... Um, PPE, as we call it, um, protective equipment, and then cleaning and disinfecting the equipment and surfaces appropriately is extremely important in the healthcare field. It certainly is, and I know I've turned into one of those ladies that uses the the thing at the grocery store and wipes down the handle before I use the grocery Correct. cart. So I, I know, I think that it's things that we can all do, small things, but it's great information you've given us today, Kim, and it's so usable, and thank you so much for educating us today about antibiotic resistance. This is Pediatric Specialty Care Spotlight with Shriners Hospitals for Children Chicago. For more information, please visit Shriners Chicago. That's ShrinersChicago.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for tuning in.